T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Imagine how helter-skelter the baseball universe will be with gambling mixed in. Oh, my God. Wrap your heads around it, people. It's coming. That Joe Ostrowski conversation got my head spinning. Whether he has blisters on his fingers or not, it's hit and run on 670 to score. I am told from a very, very good source in regards to the conversation that me and Joe just had. That the betting platform for MLB here in Chicago, it's going to be possible to bet pitch by pitch. That the betting cuts off when the pitcher toes the rubber. That's when the betting will cut off. If and another a texture says that in-game betting is huge in cricket. Bet on the next pitch outcome: ball strike, hit by pitch, home run, etc. That Oh, man, that suggestion, that reality of what it is in cricket that that goes along with the information I just gave you, that the the, the technology that they're setting up and getting ready to do is going to be on every pitch. Every freaking pitch ball strike. Man, and then you're going to have to manage the possibility for insider cheating. You know, you are because if you are a pitcher, let's say. You um, you are a starting pitcher, right? You could go out there and have told your pal, listen, first pitch strike, no matter what, everybody. But then it could be hit, right? First pitch ball, um, third pitch ball. If I get if I get to a third pitch in any at bat, I'm going to throw a ball in the dirt. If you can bet on ball in the dirt, put everything on ball in the dirt. <laughs> I mean, that's just the, with the players. Let's see. So there's opportunities to shave pitches. I don't know. What will we call it? It's an, it's an entire other culture that's going to develop here. Then you've got the umpires. You've got a whole bunch of Tim Donaghy's waiting to happen. My God. You think Angel Hernandez has a bad strike zone now? <laughs> oh, my God. Another text, you know, look, I know that that sports betting is never going to go away. It's always going to be available, legal or not. But the idea that you could walk up to a window at Wrigley Field and place a bet is absolutely disgusting. I, I, I hear you, sir. I understand. There'll have to be a confined section where you keep the degenerates. Uh, hi, um, where's the degenerate section? That's right over here. Thank you. All right, great. Do you have any brown liquor? Oh, of course you do. That's great. Um, can I play poker and watch the game? Oh, I can. Um, is, is one of the slot machine seats available? I'd like to sit there at the slot machine while I watch the ball game. Oh, sir, come right this way. The 1914 Club has a very special slot machine row just for you. <laughs> oh, the options, the options. This is David in Galena on 670 The Score. Hello, David. 
Hi, mate. How you doing? I'm good. So that text message you read out led into my call perfectly, and then when you went into the uh, the match fixing side of things, that kind of killed it. Oh, okay. Uh, cricket's, got, cricket's had a huge problem for years that they call it spot fixing, that exactly what you said, that there'll be someone in the crowd that'll give a signal to a bowler to bowl you know, a full toss or a wide or a no ball, and players have been suspended. Uh, it's, it's been a huge issue, and that would be my only concern. With the, with the team outcome, you can't really affect it, but with the quarterback taking a sack, with you know, a ball being thrown in the dirt, uh, it, it just it just changes it, and there's huge money in it. That's everything that I'd be a little bit mindful of. And same thing with basketball. Imagine Durant going up to the line. What the odds you get of you missing two free throws? Oh God! So and and, and so the, and this is not something that has been able to be controlled. You're saying in cricket and other sports where it's legal. Look, they try and they're, they're finding the suspended people, but it's more of a. And this isn't really to go with the legal or the illegal part of it, because a yeah. lot of it was in the subcontinent, India and Pakistan and those sort of areas, and a lot of it was black market gambling anyway. Yeah. Uh, but it's more. It's more to the point that, like, I, I could I could hear your mind working from the legal gambling, and then pretty quickly getting to the, you know, ball-by-ball ball betting and then down to the spot fix and that kind of thing. And that's, that's where I think that'll be challenging. And it's not going to be, I mean, Leicester is on $500 billion a year is not going to worry about you know, throwing a ball and getting paid for it. But a bullpen guy to come out and yeah. wait for a signal, it's a, it's a different story. Of course. No, David, thank you. Yeah, it's, and, and that part's frightening. That part is, frankly, just frightening and loathsome to, to consider. Um, because it it's it sucks when those things have infested your games, when that kind of doubt has infested your games, and and the times where it it genuinely has, you know, um, whether it was in college basketball. Remember Stevens Smith in Arizona State. Um, do you remember Ernie Cobb in Providence? There's a great thirty for thirty about the Providence uh, point-shaving scandal. We had it here at Northwestern, the running back. What, what was the name of the Northwestern running back who was involved? Was, God, it was in the 90s. I don't want to throw a name out there because I'm thinking of a couple, and, 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 and I, I, I don't want to besmirch somebody. But my goodness. This texter says, sign me up for the 1914 club with the, <laughs> with the row of slot machines at your viewing stations. Ah, and I love this from a texter. The irony of sports betting here during the 100-year anniversary of the Black Sox. Happy 100 years. What are the White Sox doing to celebrate that, by the way? When is Black Sox night? Is that on the schedule? Are they not doing it? They should be doing something. I'm serious. Brooks Boyer, where are you, man? Come on. Find a way. All right? Let's get all the guys who, who played everybody in eight men out. Get D.B. Sweeney out there. Get, get Cusack out there. He's in town. Shoeless Joe. You know? Get all these guys out there. David Strathairn, still alive. This is J.B. in Madison on 670 The Score. J.B., you're on Hit and Run. Good morning. Yeah, thanks for uh, taking my call. Of course. Yeah. I've been a Cubs fan since 1957. And I uh, was wondering from last year, you know, we, we had a coach, a hidden coach here, and we got a new coach and a new uh, 
course, hidden course this year, and everything's supposed to be now been shelled because they said that the course wasn't wasn't getting along with the players. But now, I mean, I used to play baseball. I saw uh, baseball. How can you teach? Um, how can you teach a, a, a batter? When a, I was always taught, if a, if a ball is close enough to be called a strike, it's cold, close enough to swing it. Why so many of our batters just stand there and just look at strikes go di- right down the middle and don't take the bat off the shoulder? And then we can consider and say that's the coach's, uh, hidden coach's fault. Well, y- what- y- well, there's a few different things in there. Thank you for the call, JB. Um, that, that patience of trying to draw a walk, walks are incredibly valuable. On-base percentage is valued. People get paid for walks and on-base percentage. So you've got guys leaning towards taking pitches that are on the border, and sometimes they're right down the middle. But I, I feel you. I feel you on that. It is, it is frustrating. In terms of last year's um, hitting coach, Chili Davis, being fired, and now this year's hitting coach, Anthony Iapochi, trying to do the same thing. Yeah, it's the same message. It's the exact same message that they tried to get across last year. But the difference is in the communication. And that's where the human part comes in. For whatever reason, and we've, we've joked about it, but remember Joe Madden read Coaching Millennials for Dummies or like Communicating with Millennials for Dummies or whatever the hell book that was. For whatever reason, Chile was not a good conduit for that message with this particular batch of people. Maybe certain stars just didn't click with Chile. Maybe he was too strong, um, too aggressive of a person. Uh, you, you, you know, it's it, whatever it is, but the interpersonal matters greatly. So, yes, it's the same message, but getting it across and having guys be selfless. And what I, what I love about the way that the Cubs approached it and how it's been working up until this recent stretch, really, is that it comes from the manager. And that's why this is a good thing to hear Joe, how angry he was last night. This kind of stuff, the situational hitting stuff, is best served often by having it come from the manager. And Joe has commented on this specifically because it's asking for selflessness. You are asking these high, highly paid, high-performance athletes to be a little more selfless in their approach and not worry about the home run that might get them more paid, not worry about the walk that might get them more paid, um, and, and you know just kind of do what needs to be done. So that message can be more effective when it comes from the manager. And Joe will have his chance to do it again. Dennis Lundy is the Northwestern running back that I was trying to remember. Thank you very much from 1998. Boy, the, the number of questions here about Pete Rose in regards to him getting in the Hall of Fame if sports betting becomes legal is amazing. Did you guys all talk to each other? <laughs> you guys, are you guys all sitting in the same room? Hey, let's all text him about Pete Rose at the same time. No, I mean, I know we think of Pete Rose, but a lot of people saying, does that mean he gets into the Hall of Fame? He should already be there as a player. Should already be there as a player. I mean, you know, should not be there as a manager. I'm fine with that. But you know, put him in as a player. Already should have happened. It's 670 the score. And I'll tell you what. You have, uh, you have interesting pitching matchups coming up this afternoon. Lucas Giolito on fire and on the mound for the White Sox. And he will be pitching to James McCann. Enjoyed that part of the conversation with Jason Benetti quite a bit in terms of what James McCann has done, 
how he approaches the games, how he thinks about the scouting report, how he writes his own scouting reports, how he has taken control of that situation, and how the pitchers, especially Giolito, have credited McCann for, for what has gone on. So Giolito this afternoon against Zach Plesak, that is Dan Plesak's nephew. That's going on this afternoon. And down in St. Louis, it will be Cole Hamels against Adam Wainwright. A texter asks a wonderful question, which is, is there a battery, especially in the post-free agency world, that has been together longer than Yadier Molina and Adam Wainwright's 13 years since the 2006 World Series in that 2006 season when Wainwright came up and was a closer that year? It's a good question. Um, I think Posada, right? Jorge Posada and those other Yankees that all came up together. The six, it was Jeter, Posada, Mariano Rivera, um, Andy Pettit, Bernie Williams. There was one more, wasn't there? Maybe it's those five. But either way, we'll we'll give it to Posada and uh, how about Posada and Rivera? That must have been a very... Very long time, but it's it's a good point about Yachty and about Wainwright. Cubs on the verge of getting swept in St. Louis with Matt Wieters catching and not Yachty Molina. Let's talk a little bit of MLB draft coming up in a matter of moments. Let's talk about some of the targets in this draft, including Andrew Vaughn, the first baseman out of Cal, who is linked in several of the latest mocks to the Chicago White Sox. We will talk to a guy who broadcast games with Andrew Vaughn, who broadcast games in the Cape Cod League. We'll talk about what the Cape Cod League is. I want you to understand that and some of those specific guys. We'll do that next on 670 The Score. This is Hit and Run. One one from Detmer to Rave gets a piece in fluttering into center field, gets down on a hop to Hunter Bishop. He snares with a bare hand and gets it into the infield. Leadoff single for John Rave. All you got to do is get a piece of it sometimes, and he's aboard. The methodical wind 1 0. Eden shows bunt, gets it down the third baseline. Quintana charging hard, bare hand, seat on a first, not in time. Bunt single for Cam Eden. 3 2 from Reed Detmers. Curveball locks up Tolly, a strike three. Uh, don't you know those people in the highlights? Come on. It's a baseball show. You're a baseball listener here on It and Run. You know those people. If you don't, that's because they played in the Cape Cod League last summer. The Cape Cod League is an awesome place, and I visited it for the first time uh, last summer because my nephew, Jack McMullen, was doing play-by-play, and that was his voice, and he is right now here in studio. Welcome to the Score Studios, Jack. It's good old-fashioned nepotism. I know that you're going with that, too, but I don't know. You say, like, I'm here based on merit. I We'll see. Uh-huh. Uh, hopefully I don't screw up too bad. No, I think I think it's, it's going to be fine. No, it's nice to have you here, um, and it was really cool to watch baseball in the Cape League. You did play-by-play for Brewster, and some of the notable MLB players who played for Brewster include Kyle Hendricks. I had a good conversation with Kyle Hendricks about playing for Brewster. A former Dartmouth, uh, not not a grad, I don't think, but Kyle Hendricks. And then David Ross. I know you sent David Ross a text, too. Yes. And you saw Jim Nowak, the PA guy in Brewster, and he said, oh, send Rossi a, a, a text for me. Yes. Send him a picture of me. Absolutely. There are a whole bunch of characters there. And it, it, it's a really weird league because – 
it's almost Brigadoony, where like it just pops up every summer, and it's this weird mystical place. Oh, Jason Benetti would love your musical <laughs> reference. Well, yeah. and then and then it goes away for about eight, ten months, and then it comes back for two months. Just a very very short season. Yeah, and the players in the Cape League um, uh, uh, also like people stay with host families very often, and yeah. I know the host family that you stayed with was the same as Brandon Morrow's. Right? Brandon Morrow, Justin Turner, uh, Michael Bourne. Yeah. Interesting. It, the local mini golf place that I would go to with my roommate who was also broadcasting out there. Um, the course record is held by Mr. Buster Posey. <laughs> shot a 27 in mini golf, a 27 on an 18 hole mini golf course. Well, now, now we know why. That's a guy that knows how to hit and yes. also know how to play mini golf. Yes. Well, he's a good, good contact hitter. Um, so these players in the Cape league that are there every year, including last year, and you got to see some of these guys that are in this MLB draft, who goes to the Cape league? This is after their sophomore years of college. How does it work? So it's either after your freshman year or your sophomore year, because you, you're not draft eligible until three years of division one baseball or NCAA division one baseball you have to be there for three years if you don't sign out of high school so it's the best freshman in the country they'll go to the cape going into their sophomore year or it's the best sophomores going into their junior year okay um and and who are some of the players that are in this draft that you got a chance to take a look at at on the cape i saw a lot of good guys andrew vaughn is a name that a lot of white Sox people should know because he's being tossed around in that three spot on monday what that's tomorrow night yeah. Um, so Andrew Vaughn, J.J. Blade is going to be a top five pick. Hunter Bishop was actually in Brewster. I got to know him really well. Um, all signs point to him going top ten, maybe eight to Texas is what a lot of mocks are looking like. All right, slow down there for a second because I also see J.J. Blade way down at, uh, at at the twenty four spot to Cleveland in this one mock that I'm looking at. What's what what's interesting is that you'll see guys move around in these mocks, and you might see guys move around in these drafts. Because of because of signability concerns yeah. and or the desire to save money on slot value. So I don't know if you saw anything about Carter Stewart, who's going to Japan. You see that guy who went eighth overall, I want to say, last year okay, uh, and was committed to UCLA. He had some signability issues, so he went to a junior college this past year. He was probably going to go first round again. But instead, he goes to Japan, and he signed like an eight-year, $7 million deal or something. It was a really weird deal, but it's, it's those kinds of things where you're worried about signability. Okay. So it's a high school guy with first-round talent mm-hmm. that may not get drafted until the 30th round because he has a stern commitment to go play college baseball. Mm. And that will also weigh into where guys go in the scope of the first round. So. You have Adley Rutschman and Andrew Vaughn, that conversation with the White Sox at three and the Orioles at one. So Adley Rutschman, uh, the catcher out of Oregon State, is pretty much universally thought to be the best prospect in this draft and going to go number one. But he might not go number one because... Signability. So Adley Rutschman is a catcher at Oregon State, and they're hosting a regional right now. They actually just got eliminated yesterday. But on Friday, Adley Rutschman got that Barry Bonds treatment. I don't know if you saw that, but it was he was walked intentionally with the bases loaded wow. in a 5-2 game in the seventh. So the guy's hitting like <laughs> 420 at Oregon State. He has 15 bombs. It's ridiculous. But the problem there lies with signability. So it, within the first 10 rounds, you have a, a bonus pool. For each team. So the mm-hmm. White Sox, their bonus pool is something like $11.6 And they have $11.6 to play with 
in terms of signing all the guys they take rounds one through ten. Same thing with the Orioles, same thing with the Cubs. The Cubs is noticeably less than the White Sox, though. So say you don't want to spend a lot on your first-round guy. Mm -hmm. The Orioles at one might go with Andrew Vaughn because they know they can sign him for a lot less than they could Adley Rutschman. So then they could spend more in the second round. There you go. Like all these picks have slot value. Right. Now, this used to be a market inefficiency under the old rules. The Red Sox and Theo Epstein were famous for taking advantage of the willingness to pay over slot value. That's based on what the old system was, which is they would draft a guy who and then pay him a lot more than the slot. Uh, allowed for because they had money and they could just use their money that way. You can't do that anymore. It, it, it works this way with you have your pool. I suppose you could pay over your slot value, but then you're screwing yourself in future rounds. Exactly. So here's a metaphorical. So the third overall pick for the White Sox, that slot value for that pick mm-hmm. is right around $7.2 million. So say they pick Andrew Vaughn. He could get $7.2 million to sign, but their seventh round pick that slot value is $230,000. Say they want to pay their seventh round guy a little bit more, hmm. go up to 400000 and then you just knock 200000 off on. Like you have $11.6 million to play with for 10 human beings, yeah. and you have to just decide how much goes to one person. Crazy. So. Um, 670, the score is where you are. You're listening to Hit and Run this hour. Uh, actually, the bottom of the hour is brought to you by the Chicago Wolves. Nothing beats championship hockey, and the Chicago Wolves are up one nothing in the Calder Cup Finals. The Wolves host Charlotte next week at Allstate Arena. Enjoy free parking courtesy of Kia. For playoff information, visit chicagowolves.com. Forgive me for a lack of excitement based on Andrew Vaughn for the simple fact that he is a right-handed hitting first baseman. And those guys are so incredibly common around baseball. You have to be supremely good to override your value positionally. I mean, call me silly if you want, but like the White Sox have had Reyu, who is as good as anybody in this league in terms of a right-handed slugging first baseman. And they've been talking about trading him. He's been on the market, and it's tough to get value for him because there's a lot of him. Does that make sense? Yes. I saw Andrew Vaughn once when he was on the Cape last year because he left early. He was only there for about a week and a half, two weeks, Mm because then he went to the U.S. Collegiate National Team, which is pretty much an all-star team of college baseball. So those guys will go to the Cape for a little bit. They'll play that week and a half, be seen by the scouts there, and then go. They were in Japan. They played in that Japan Collegiate Baseball Series, too. And there's there's a complex down in Cary, North Carolina that they'll go to. But Andrew Vaughn, I saw him once. He went 0 for 3, and it was the most impressive 0 for 3 <laughs> I've ever seen. Um, if you remember when Bryce Harper was in high school, scouts just salivated over his hard-hit ball rate. Yes. Like he just swung incredibly hard. So every time he made contact with a baseball, it was really hard. That's Andrew Vaughn's vibe. So if you like that average exit velo and you're huge on sabermetrics and a lot a lot of people love that of course right and it's a it's a similar mold to a kyle schwarber yohan moncada in terms of just always hitting the ball hard vaughn is not as purely powerful as schwarber and Mm -hmm. he's not as athletic as moncada but he's just that pure hitter that is always going to hit the ball hard. He is uh, Jack McMullen, who broadcasts games in the Cape Cod League and covers the draft and examines the draft far more than me. 
his uncle. A texter says, uh, is this the same nephew you used to talk about going to see pitch? And that is a yes. Jack was a pitcher at Oak Park River Forest High School. And I wrote about it at a time, you know, just like watching a guy that you actually care about pitch in a game. is like, wow. It's so sweet that you care about uh, me. Well, at the time. Um, <laughs> but then since then, I've, although I've cared a little bit less, you've, uh, you've moved on to, you know, trying to be in this career and in this business. And I have set the over-under for you past me in terms of success at 2024 that's that's when you'll pass by that's a good number selfishly i'd like to take the under (laughs) i just never threw harder than like 60 so that's no it's 70 70 72 maybe on a good day yeah that's not going to get it down i thought you were low 80s no 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 No. absolutely not okay if you were low 80s you could have conceivably kept pitching a little bit yeah Maybe. Right. I don't know. All right. Um, but it, we're, we're talking a little bit of draft and talking a little uh, uh, of the White Sox angle with that number three pick. Because now you've got textures dreaming of Adley falling to number three, Adley Rutschman falling to number three, because the number two team in this draft, Kansas City, supposedly is locked in on Bobby Witt Jr. They're locked in. So this is a shortstop, and this is the son of Bobby Witt, the former pitcher, who is his agent. And Bobby Witt Jr. seems to be a kid with a massive massive skill set well if only he went to toronto right with vladdy jr and kevin biggio and yep. bo bichette oh my god fun right yeah, yeah did you see the video of vladdy jr jumping up in joy when kevin biggio hit a moonshot in like his second or third game no vladdy jr just popped right off the bench in the dugout and he was he was ecstatic that's awesome um, I, I did see video yesterday when dwight smith jr homered in baltimore former cub dwight smith senior was very happy in the stands there in baltimore this is everywhere you look nepotism has gotten these these damn kids jobs exactly yeah, right that's the way it happens yeah bobby witt is a high school guy so i don't know too much about him but this is a first round that's absolutely littered with college bats and it's really cool and it's really mm-hmm. convenient for me and probably for you too that this is a really college bat heavy first round probably mm-hmm. this first day is going to be littered with guys that were on the cape and it's really weird considering it's that ragtag. I mean, Brewster played at an elementary school. I know it was it was crazy to see those tiny little facilities, um, and and to, and to know that big time players uh, have have gone through there. Um, so there's Bobby Wood Jr. And then there's the other. There's the shortstop, another high school shortstop named C.J. Abrams yeah. that the White Sox have also been linked to. Have any thoughts on the two of them, the two shortstops? Whether the different skill sets for these two guys. I mean, look at Tim. They're they're different, yes, but they do fit that mold of modern baseball where they're really athletic and mm-hmm. they hit the ball really hard and they're lanky and they're just good baseball players. Mm. There's no such thing as a, a purely fundamental baseball player anymore, and the closest thing you'll get to it is Andrew Vaughn in terms of just being a pure hitter. All these guys are like athletic upside in the first round. You're not going to see those guys that – you know, might not have that eye-popping athleticism uh-huh. and just play baseball pretty well. Everybody has to have that one thing. What was the um, what was the coolest thing about being on the Cape for that league last year? Um, was it when you're doing games for Darren Baker, Dusty Baker's kid? Just so pe- and people remember when Darren Baker was rescued by J.T. Snow at home plate. Uh, he was acting as the bat boy, and in a playoff game, he went to grab a bat as there was an impending play at the plate, and J.T. Snow whisked him up. I think he was five at the time. I want to say he was five. He was five years old at the time, and he shouldn't have been out there. 
Dusty. And Dusty also also used to use Darren as a human shield. He'd put him on his on his lap during post game, and media would be afraid to ask him difficult questions. But now Darren Baker is a baseball player and was on the Cape League last year. And Dusty came and and did what an inning or two with you? He did an inning with me, yeah, and it was really cool. It was awesome considering you know I've grown up in the Chicago area, and Dusty Baker was that guy, but. I was just playing catch with another intern in the outfield of this elementary school field in Brewster, Massachusetts, and I see a guy in the right field bullpen just posted up in a lawn chair eating a tuna sandwich with a hat on, and I'm like, I think that's Dusty Baker. So I walk up to him and I say, I really just wanted to introduce myself. I'm Jack McMullen. Nice to meet you. And he said, hi, I'm Dusty. I said, yeah, I I know who you are. I love when guys do that. I love it. I, I was telling the story a couple of weeks ago how I, I, I used to scream at Red Sox players in, when I was in the bleachers of Fenway in, in college. And one time Ellis Burks was out there warming up and I, I was looking at my screen. Ellis, you're number 12. You're Bob Greasy, meaning the Dolphins quarterback. And Ellis Burks turned to me and said, no, I'm Roger Staubach. Right. <laughs> And I told this story to Ellis Burks last week at Wrigley because he was there. And I said, Ellis, you got time for a quick story? I told him the story. He said, oh, that sounds like me. That sounds like me. Small world, isn't it? Said Ellis. And I'm like, yeah, for you, maybe. It's a small world for you, Ellis. You're a famous baseball player. You didn't know who the hell I was at the time. But I love that. So he introduced himself as Dusty and then did an inning with you later on. Yeah, it was it was awesome. And another, it's a really small world in terms of Dan McDonald, who's the head coach at Louisville now, and he's going to be the head coach of the U.S. Collegiate National Team this year. Last year when all those guys went, it was Paul Maneri, who's at LSU. Mm-hmm. But Dan McDonald, there was, a, there was a kid named Reed Detmers, who was a perfect game that site. Their midseason pitcher of the year was a sophomore at Louisville, Reed Detmers, who's from central Illinois. And he played in Brewster, and we were set to play, and Reed was set to pitch. And I saw Dan McDonald at one of these Cape games because he was just out there going on his Louisville tour, seeing all his his guys. Mm-hmm. And I said, Coach, I, I kind of just want to like pick your brain for a little bit. What made you go to like literally middle of nowhere Illinois and find Reed Detmers? And he looked at me, smiled, and said curveball and that's it and the guy has the best curveball in the country uh he just set the louisville single season strikeout record this year as a sophomore so wow these are the types of things where they're playing at elementary schools Mm -hmm. all of a sudden i mean the slot value i saw hunter bishop and he was in brewster who is looking like he's going to go eight to the rangers Mm -hmm. his slot that slot value at number eight is 5.2 million dollars so that guy might go from playing on an elementary school field last summer to signing a piece of paper for $5.2 million. It is a big, big day for these guys. It's uh, also a big day for Craig Kimbrell and for Dallas Keuchel because now the compensatory draft pick will not have to uh, be in effect as teams are looking to sign them. We'll discuss that a little bit at the top of the hour. When we come back on Hit and Run, Chris Kamka will join us for his weekly Cam Connections a segment. Uh, well, I know we're going to talk about Lucas Giolito, who's pitching today for the White Sox, and the Cubs' home runs, which have been plentiful, if uh, a lot of solo shots. This was fun to talk draft, a little Cape Cod League with Jack McMullen. Thank you, Jack. Thanks for having me, Matt. You got it. Absolutely. It's 670 The Score. It's Hit and Run. Keep it right here for Chris Cam Connections next. <laughs>
Get yourself connected. Chris Kamka's on the phone. Get yourself connected. I don't talk baseball alone. Chris Kampka joins us right now on the Alpamonte Ford hotline. Alpamonte Ford, 500 new and used vehicles to choose from. You just got a, a custom-made parody song off the cuff there, Chris. Congratulations, buddy. It's not bad. I tell you, when I hear that song and I'm out shopping, I, I have a tendency to turn randomly to a stranger and yell out, Babip! <laughs> uh, yeah, right. That happens. It's funny. I was um, thinking of you during our conversation with Jason Benetti in the first hour right here on Hit and Run on 670 The Score, because Jason is the goods, and you know that. You guys work together sometimes over there at NBC you Sports. Do it today. As you do today. There it is. Excellent. Um, but Babip, batting average of balls in play, and, you know, you, the BABIP gods, like, boy, the BABIP gods are not smiling on player X, is the same as Hawk observing and remembering, you know, this guy's had a bunch of hang with him, you know? It, exactly. It absolutely is. And it's one of those things just like, um, you know, um, you barrel that one up. Well, when you say that, now we call it exit velocity. So right. Right. we call it barrels. So. Yeah, I mean, a lot of those things that you hear the broadcasters say while you're growing up watching baseball, well, there's actually ways we can quantify it now, which is crazy. Yeah, well, which, which is wonderful, and which is why it's so silly sometimes when guys rail against everything analytics. Uh, no, a lot of times all, all, all people are doing is, is putting numbers and words on the stuff that you've been trying to remember with the eye test, um, because the, the, the eye test and, and the brain, the human brain, not always the most reliable thing. For some people. Right. Absolutely right. right. Yeah. The bottom of the hour is brought to you by International Champions Cup. Get ready for soccer's first tournament of the year on July 16th. Catch the International Champions Cup at a- as AS Roma battles Chivas de Guadalajara right in their own backyard at SeatGeek Stadium. Get tickets at SeatGeek.com today. Chris Kampke going for the White Sox this afternoon. The ace of the staff, a developing one or two pitcher around MLB. I have loved watching Lucas Giolito. Um, what do you got? for us to think about in terms of Geo. Yeah, and he hits the hill today. We got the game, 12.30 pregame, 1 o'clock game. Um, but Giolito, he's 69 strikeouts and 20 walks this season. Now, let's let's break that down and, and look at it compared to last year. His 69th strikeout of the season, 2019, came on May 28th. It was his 235th batter faced, and at the time he had 20 walks. If you take a look at where he got his 69th strikeout in 2018, it was July 28th, his 503rd batter faced, and at the time he had 65 walks. And it's just, if you look at it that way, it's staggering how far he's come wow. so far this year. It's amazing. What, what, do, you, what do you attribute that, uh, that to? I mean, there's so many different factors that are coming together for Giolito, some of them abstract, some of them specific and mechanical, but some of them are pitch usage for that guy. Uh, yeah, the changeup has definitely increased, um, but there's a few other things. Um, and Chuck Garfine talked to him in our podcast. Check that out in the archives if you want. I recommend it. Um, he talked to Frank Thomas. Frank Thomas said pitch more inside, so that's a little thing. And then, and then there's another story that he went to one of his old pitching gurus, and he was talking, pitching with him, and just – you know, got some ideas and he's putting in the work. Mm-hmm. And um, it, it's amazing. that it's You can see it visually. I mean, the eye test tells you this is a different pitcher. Now, here's another one on Giolito. 60 pitchers made six starts in May. 
Only two of them had their teams go undefeated in those six starts. It's Lucas Giolito and Aaron Nola. Hmm. So, I, yeah, it, yeah it, um, Kyle Hendricks was pretty damn good in May as well, but yep. I, don't, I don't think he made six starts. I think he made five, right? He did make six. Oh, he did. And one of, one of them was just a, a clunker. Um, I can't remember off the top of my head which one it was, but there was one of them, yeah. But it was a brilliant May for him as well. And, and he had that game where he had 80, was it 81 pitches? Yeah, yeah, it's crazy. crazy. A Maddox. Um, one of those, by the way, one of the the former pitching gurus of of Lucas that he went to was his um, his high school coach at Harvard Westlake. Do you guys do you know who was on the same team as Lucas Giolito at Harvard Westlake? Chris Kampka. Yeah. Freed and Flaherty. Yep. Unbelievable. Jack Flaherty I mean, of the Cardinals and Max Freed of the Braves. The three of them on the same high school team. I can't even conceive of it. Crazy, and apparently they didn't win a they didn't win a state title until it was just Flaherty on his own after Julito and Freed had already gone in the draft. Wow, and, uh, that's crazy. Yeah, to get those guys those guys out of Dodge. All right, so Julito today against Zach Plesac. Um As we've been watching the Cubs, who've lost seven of their last nine, the home runs have been there, but often solo shots. Um, your thoughts on their power of late? Yeah, that's true. So fifty-one homers in May, first time they ever hit fifteen any month. Wow. So. A franchise record. Um, one of three teams that hit 50 or more. And they're the only National League team, um, which is great stuff. Um, they, they have five players, at least 10 homers. That's the first time they've ever done that before June 1st. It's the first time they've ever done it with more than three. Um, they had a streak of eight straight games where they hit multiple home runs, which ties the franchise record they set originally in 1961. Um, Albert Almora, six homers in May. That's more than he had in 18 altogether. He had mm. five home runs last year. And, mm. and then Chris Bryant, 10 homers in May, led the team. Um, entering May this year, he had third, He had um, 10 homers in his previous 98 games. So it's a big, you know, it's great. Plus, they've only allowed 26 in May, so that's plus 25 home run differential. Woo. That's great. But that's the good, okay? But um, 80, 80 of their 140 runs scored in May came on the home run. That's 57.1%, which is a really high number. The MLB average in May was 45.4%. So that's way more of a percentage on the home run that you really want. And I know I've heard you mention it earlier, feast or famine with the Cubs, and that's exactly what they had in May. Hmm. Compared to April, where they scored 66 of their 149 runs on the home run, which is only 44.3%, a lot more balance there. So, I mean, it's a, it's, it's a little concerning that they relied very heavily on the home run. But then again, if you're going to hit a bunch of them, you can live with it. But 50 home runs a month is a rate that's pretty hard to con- you know, continue doing. Well, it's interesting. And it, and it makes a lot of sense in terms of what the results have been and then what the feelings yeah. are. You know? Because that 57.1% on home runs in May, that's fifth highest percentage in the majors and the company that they're in. Mariners, Mets, Blue Jays, and Orioles, not the best team. So, I mean, it shows you if you're going to have that high, it's not going to work too well. I mean, you don't want to be an extreme in the other direction either because that means more often than not, you're just not hitting enough home runs. You want to be probably somewhere in the middle towards the league average, about 45%. percent probably the healthiest place to be there. Maybe, you know, some give or take a couple percent. But 57.1% on home runs just isn't, it's not very healthy. Wow, that, that makes a lot of sense. So even though there was a lot of winning um, in May, uh, not not so much towards the very last end of uh, of the last week of the month, 
It's it's not a right. style this, that you want to keep doing. And it's the end of the month where they had that streak of eight straight games with two or more homers. Hmm. Good, so. st- good stuff, Chris Kampka. Thank you so much. Um, on the broadcast right. today for the White Sox, Chris Kampka will be there, the Sultan of Stat from NBC Sports Chicago. Thanks, buddy. Thank you. You got it. Chris Kampka joins us every week here on Hit and Run for Cam Connections. So 57.5% of the Cubs' runs in the month of May were due to home runs, just 40% in April. That makes a lot of sense. Overall, on the season, 50.5% of their runs via home runs. That's the third highest rate in the National League. But he just told you in May, they were the fifth highest in all of baseball. If you missed these comments from Joe Madden last night, uh, this was him after the game, three-hour and 37-minute rain delay. And after the game, when they struck out 14 times in 36 plate appearances, Joe said, we need to be more reliant on kind of a swarming inning and really cut back on the punch-outs. The punch-outs are really getting way too heavy. I don't like that. We're not making adjustments into the at-bat like we had been earlier in the year. Yes, we're not stringing innings together. It's becoming more reliant on the traditional new baseball methods. <laughs> that is as close as you're going you're, you're gonna to get to Joe flat out saying, man, this, this launch angle crap just drives me crazy. I hate it. It's becoming more reliant on the traditional new baseball methods. I want it all. I want to be able to hit home runs. I want to string together innings. And I want to move the baseball and not strike out so much. That sounds good. Yeah, do all of it. You know, I've talked about this before. It used to be that lineups had some guys who did that and some guys who did this, right? Some guys who, you know, slap the ball around and, and do that kind of thing. And then some other guys who hit for power. Now everybody wants everybody to do everything. That's what you're scouting for. I want you for your first two strikes to be this guy, and with two strikes, I want you to be that guy. Or in a certain situation, I want you to shift and become this guy. That's so hard to teach, so hard for people to do. Very, very difficult. Kyle Schwarber was asked about that after the game, and he said that he doesn't think they're going up there trying to hit home runs. I don't think we're going up there trying to just hit homers. I think that we're all just trying to go up there and put in quality at bats. Some of it's not falling right now. It's the reality. I know we're all up there grinding for good at bats and trying to drive in guys here. We're not just looking for the long ball. So he is uh, resistant to that thought. A texter pointing out some true stats about Schwarber, though. His batting average with runners in scoring position is 111 for 2019. With two outs and runners in scoring position, it is .067. Woof! Yeah. Man, that is rough. Sometimes we've seen um, a couple sack flies uh, in the past few weeks with, with the man on third. And that won't show up in the batting average. But, yeah... He's got, uh, he's got some trouble making contact at certain moments when there needs to be contact. 670, the score is where you are. Phone lines are open for the final 45 minutes of the show as we take you up to Cubs pregame. We'll do a bunch of Cubs. Uh, we will also talk about my absolute favorite baseball story of the last weekend. It is Matt Spiegel here on Hit and Run. 312-644-6767 is the phone number. Dial it up and get involved right here on the score. 
T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.